to the Entangled Podcast, episode nine. Episode nine. I swear I'm like never going to (laughs) remember what episode we're on. Nueve. Nueve. Mm -hmm. That's what Dora the Explorer told me. Aho is nine in Korean. I thought you said Baho. I had to count because I couldn't remember. The fact that you know that, like, that's awesome. Whatever. Sound like you said Baho. That is not what What I said. What was that again? Aho? Aho. Um... Oh. Welcome everybody to the Entangle Podcast. This is your host Teddy. This is Ray. Um, I'm gonna be real. Like, it's been rough. This week already has been difficult. Yeah. Um, I kind of got into a really like dark space. Just very, very looming, ominous feeling of, of. Fear, almost. Uh, fear what? For me, just fear and and uh, it's a lot of anxiety. There's just been a lot of uh, a lot of death around me, um, and it's just had me kind of in a bad space. It's just not a good. It's not a good look. And everywhere you go, somebody has something to say about it. Um, if you didn't hear, uh, Nipsey Hussle passed away. Um, due to a shooting uh, in front of his store in, at his storefront um, and then there's been just things happening all around me that's just had me in a pretty bad space and I'm uh, just not not in a good it's not a good look um, but it's also life yeah you know it, it is life and I, I wanted to take this podcast to kind of reflect um on how to cope with death absolutely uh there's been people around me this week who have experienced death in their family um a person who's been very influential to my life and to to hip-hop to to the to the culture of hip-hop to 
community to there's just been a lot of people who have lost their lives around me and I never know really what to say nor how to approach it um how to console other people how to console myself and I kind of wanted to take this time to to rap about it I know it's a tough topic to it's difficult to talk through this but I think it's helpful um to understand uh, to kind of see the tools that are necessary to move forward, to continue on, to to live in high spirits and keep walking, you know, walking in your own light. I think for those who have experienced those, you know, parents, siblings, and those that are very close to them, a good friend, um, you know, grieving during the earliest stages are the worst days. So, you know, it's best that we... Um, just take care of our minds our bodies and our spirits at this moment um even if you've been like dealing with it like it's just an ongoing battle but the earliest days are like the roughest um today today is actually my uh, grandfather's passing away five years ago Mm. um and this was like right before um i joined the military so um it's just a really like fucked up like time of the year to have someone pass away because it was like the day after like happy the april fool's day yeah yeah so it was was just like never really like like real yeah i'm like all right yeah stop fucking with me like stop but um this is just such a wonky time a lot of like my close friends my best friend um and also just found out that my immediate boss just lost her husband last night or yesterday so it's just been like a very difficult just time of the year. So just keep your spirits high. I know it's uh, easier said than done. So what do what do you do when you're in that position? What do you do when you're feeling so low, so down from uh, passing? I guess from, to, from death. to get through it is just to find strength within myself. And if I can't find it within myself, then I try to be around people or family members that I find strength within or with them. So, um, especially because they know the issue, they know the hurt. So we can share that same hurt and um, persevere together because it's not going to take one man to really like get over um, such a, such a huge loss for our family. Yeah. I, um, I don't really n- yet know how I cope with death. I don't know how okay. health in a healthy way. Right. I don't really know how to uh, manage those feelings. Uh, right now, what I do is I distract. <laughs> I distract myself, um, or I not forget about it, but just kind of put it in the back of my mind and just do something else. I kind of deflect, um, which isn't a good look. Uh, because then, but then when people around me are coping with it, I, I'm like by nature a nurturer. And so I'm constantly trying to find ways to make other people feel good. But when I don't know how to do that for myself in that situation, I, I'm at a loss, which then makes me kind of feel even worse. It makes me feel uh, low because I, I feel as though I can't serve my purpose, which is to, which I believe is to help nurture um and uplift people around me and so it gets uh but you know we always get in that conversation with how do you pour into someone you can't 
with an empty cup. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is difficult. But I, I do think one one thing that is important is to just allow yourself the time to actually be to grieve. Allow yourself the time to actually be to feel those emotions, to be sad, to be happy, to rejoice, whatever, to to reflect on the person's life. I think just giving yourself that space to um feel those emotions is like extremely important to um then move forward and something like something i noticed with uh after nipsey passed it was very like frustrating because people like all over social media have all these theories which like you know may be true Uh, like like we let's not act like black men don't kill that you know people doing things in the community don't get killed by the government Mm -hmm. but the issue i have is he's a he's a fucking human being right and he has a family and like his family needs space and they were deep yeah so for you to be posting all this on social media like don't think that his family's not seeing all of this like it's still pretty fresh it's still pretty new yeah it's like pouring salt in a wound like you're constantly putting it back in people's faces when who they're still trying to um, process register yeah, yeah what just happened and like i get it he has had such an impact on the community such an impact on me personally such an impact on other people but we did not have that can you know that type of connection with him yeah um half of us can't even pronounce his Eritrean name like right. you know like, so it's like that's my brother you yeah know and you can't pronounce I, his pronounce name it. you call him Nip and right. you can't even like say his real name it can't name. even spell hustle right like <laughs> I get it like grammatically there's a T but like uh, but it's <laughs> do better it's just give people the space the opportunity to to breathe to process and to understand it's crazy how like because I'm a person who does it too. Like I said, I distract. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel better until I've had that time to actually reflect on the person that's passed away and process those emotions. You can't do that when, you know, everyone keeps throwing it in your fucking face. Yeah. And that shit sucks. But, you know, I, I think that's why we, we kind of took a different route with, you know, starting the podcast off and just kind of played some of our favorite tracks from Nip. Because some of our favorite lines that yeah, really stuck with us. Because it, it really uh I think just he has had such a major influence on the culture of hip hop and people also forget that like hip hop is a culture, it's not just a Absolutely. brand, it's not just music. Absolutely. And that culture involves the community, involves um cities, involves just so many people and so many things that uh, that have been molded into one yeah. and so like people keep saying it's bigger than he was bigger than hip-hop no like he was hip-hop um because we're forgetting how big how far and wide the hip-hop culture actually spreads and yeah. he's done so many things to to push the culture forward and so many things to push the narrative of just generational wealth of just taking care of yourself and your people uh, um and and just expressing that it's a marathon not a race yeah it's just that's how life goes so it's you know it's not it's not a passing um it's just a continuation of his legacy of his lessons um and it makes me think something i kept posting on entangled 
uh, on the the Instagram on the Entangled Podcast Instagram. Make sure you follow us uh-huh, at Entangled Podcast. Ooh, plug right there. But <laughs> something I kept telling people, even on my personal page, is yo, you got to give people their flowers while they can still receive them. You know, uh, another thing. Anytime a celebrity passes, the feedback is always, "Oh, I bet you wasn't listening to him. Like you didn't listen to him like that." But and, I really and, hate that. And I do hate it. But the other thing is like, why can we not show that same type of love, that same celebration of life when the person still has their life? Right. You know, why can we not? constantly like showcase just the people who were always around just every moment uplift the people that you truly love and let them know because like life is so fleeting you know when when that call is made for you to for you to lead this life it it happens and when it happens like there's nothing you can do and so you gotta like pay respect show love to every person um before you don't get a chance to because i don't want my like I don't know. What am I going what, what am I gonna do with some flowers when I'm in the grave? <laughs> what you, like that ain't finna help me. You know? Yeah. You gonna dress my dress my casket up, make it look real nice, but I'm good. Like yeah. I want I want the love while I'm here and I can still receive it. And I hope like that's a lesson that eventually we start to learn, start to understand, especially with this culture of hip hop. Um not to just wait till someone passes to constantly rant and rave and praise the people for the great things that they've done absolutely and you know in your personal lives with your friends and family too like show love show love every day every moment you get a chance to make sure you tell the people around you you love them because they might not come home from work that that day you don't know yeah 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 we had a we had went to a sermon um on Sunday about I drilled on myself <laughs> Sorry And she was a guest preacher She had just um, Just came up with this book um, I don't even know where I put it There it is Consider it Pure Joy By Jennifer Jones Austin So she is a mother of two A wife And she went to law school To become a child advocate For those that are Just Um you know, not underdeserved or that are don't really have the resources that they need. Long story short, um, she was not taking care of her body, and when I mean by that, I mean like not listening to her body when it was screaming for her. So stuff like you know, I have a headache or I'm getting bed sweats, um, my foot hurts. Like typically, people tend to. Um, kind of overlook that stuff and I feel like especially as black people uh, we have to be very um, aware of when things go wrong we need to say something because typically when we go to the doctors and you'd be like my foot hurt well what's wrong with your foot I don't know if you're never intentional about what's the issue or what your problem is like typically people of colors get overlooked I know that because I work in healthcare right now so I'm seeing the recycledness of like black folks not really being taken care of. So there's like a there's there's a stigma that most of us probably know that black men don't go to the doctors. Yes. Um, and I think part of that is because it 
is a vulnerable opportunity. It's a space of vulnerability where I have to admit that like, I don't know what's going on. I don't, that I don't know something. Yeah. And then when I do, you know, when you do go to the doctors, more often than not, uh, you're being quickly dismissed. Right. Like, and as a doctor, you know. Is that how you feel? Well, hold on. So like from the, from a perspective of a doctor, usually they're getting like tons of patients coming in, checking in with a bunch of people. So for most people in general, they're trying to move it along and make it happen very quick. But it seems as though with black folk in general or people of color in general, they're moving us along because they don't want to take the time or they think that we're being dramatic or they, you know, maybe they think we have cheap insurance and they're not going to get mm. the pay that they want. And whatever. I don't, I don't I don't work in the healthcare industry, so I'm by no means an expert, but it seems a lot like they kind of just brush uh, colored folk along and kind of just dismiss them. So what this woman, she was, uh, had a fever and every time she went to the doctors they were like all right it's just fever take some time and all like brush it off didn't even didn't check them in didn't even like do a checkup just kind of took a look at them said oh you just have you just have a common cold like did like the regular vitals like meeting like getting your blood pressure checking your temperature and that was it yeah and so it ended up being that she actually uh had leukemia yeah um in her bone marrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when, at the time that they told her, they told her that she only had like two days left to live. So long story. By simply getting her blood drawn. So every time you feel like there's something severe going on with you, always ask to get your blood drawn because the vitals are bare minimum. Yeah. So long story short is if you feel as though there's something wrong, you got to advocate. And I, I think um, it's important, especially not only for like black black folk in general to just take their ass to the motherfucking doctor. Like you feel sick, take your ass to the fucking doctor. Mm-hmm. Ain't no, you're not gonna pour no Robitussin on it. You're not gonna drink no ginger ale. Just oh take your gosh. bitch ass to the fucking I doctor. Swear about ginger ale because ginger ale is God's nectar. Okay, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's not a cure all. And if you got a fever, you can't pour no Robitussin on your forehead and make it feel better. You can't take no Vicks Vapor Rub and just rub it on your chest or put it up on your tongue. I don't know if any of y'all did that as kids. Oh my, my, pa- my parents used to make me like eat just a little bit of uh, Vicks. No? Ew. No? Nope. Okay, cool. But anyway, regardless, <laughs> like we don't have, you know, yes, black <laughs> mothers are fucking like mystical and magical and can figure out cures for everything. Yeah. But... If you think there's something wrong, you got to check in. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because, like, the doctor gave her two days to live when, yeah. when before said, she oh, you, nigga, you just got a fever. Get the fuck out of my right. office. You know, very dismissive. And, I mean, it's happened to me. I've come in and I've been, like, uh, like even with, uh, like, so being vulnerable for a moment, I get these, like, really sharp pains in my temple. Mm-hmm. And... Every time I've gone, they haven't really been able to figure out what it is. And so, like, we're still trying to figure it out. And I've, I've had these for a long-ass time. But I've always gotten, like, they're just trying to rush me out of the doctor's office. Like, all right, well, you know, here, go to, we'll prescribe you with this. Some anti-inflammatories. Go take care of that. Yeah. You know, go get that and call. But you're not, you're not about to dope me up. Um, and then we get doped up. We develop a habit. Mm-hmm. And then we're dismissed again. And we're not getting all the fucking opiate medicines to take care like to wean us off we just consider junkies and shit and thrown on the street it's just crazy the cycle of healthcare which um but then you have people of color who are in healthcare that know the ins and outs of um 
people who've experienced it or just have, you know, worked in the healthcare. Yeah. Like I know, you know, for my mom, like it was a matter of getting an MRI for my knee situation. I had, I uh, was playing basketball and they try to say that I sprained my knee, which I ain't never heard in my goddamn life, but I walked on it for four months thinking I had a sprained knee mm-hmm. until a black doctor was like, nah, you need an MRI. And that's what I'm feeling with your migraines. They're just like, oh, it's just minor headaches. I think you need an MRI. Yeah. I mean. To really. Even I had like a black uh, dermatologist because a long time ago I had this big ass nasty ass wart on my pointer finger. Ooh. Yeah. Shut up. And I went to the white doctor or white dermatologist. and She was like, oh, get the little like freeze off thing. It'll go yeah, away. Yeah. And that shit ain't work. Mm-hmm. And I bought it like five times. So I spent like bread on them jumps. And then I go to a black dermatologist. She's like, oh, that don't work for our skin. Yeah. We got, she was like, she straight up, like, she didn't even take me into the office, like, like take me in the back. I told her what was happening. She was like, listen here, baby, that don't work on our skin. We're more than likely going to have to do surgery. Yeah. Let me take a look at it. But I'm letting you know right now, we're probably going to have to, like, cut it out. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's what it is, that's though. Real. But she didn't, like, it's, that's what, that, man, it's, that's it's just not- why I love black people. That's why I love black folk. I love y'all. Y'all beautiful. You beautiful. And if ain't nobody tell you today, you absolutely beautiful. And I love you. And you're just absolutely amazing. (laughs) And so please pass that message on to the next black folk next to you. I want you to grab your neighbor. Say neighbor. Neighbor. I love you. I love you. Mm -hmm. And now turn to your left and say neighbor. Hey neighbor. I love you too. I love you too. All right, now give your neighbor a hug. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I said hug, not no, kiss. No, you know people go, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the old lady. The with old my, lady With my ass church. tooted up. Uh-huh. Aunt Bula. Aunt, I have an Aunt Bula. <laughs> I was going to say Aunt Bula. I do have an Aunt Bula. Yikes. <laughs> Is she doing all right? Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think with... Again, just being intentional and being honest about your your body is so important. I feel like your wounds is not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. So, you know, that's your homework for the night, kids. Just because the nigga got a motherfucking doctorate degree and shit, I don't give a fuck about Todd, the doc- Dr. Todd. Fuck Todd. Why Todd? I don't know. I'm just pick. These are the. These what? are. Listen. You ask us every. You ask us every I episode. Know. I have like a random array of white names and a database in the back of my I head. Know a black Todd. I do not know a black Todd. Um, Todd Lancaster. You're you're a fucking liar. That he was the musician in the. 50s. You're you're a fucking liar. Ain't no Todd Lancaster. You believe that, it? I did not. That nigga sound Irish. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, but just because a nigga got. A doctorate degree don't mean he know everything. And so fuck that shit. If you feel like something's wrong, Same. advocate for yourself. Well, what's the when you when you be in the metro, you'd be like, if you see something, say something. That's a nice voice. Yeah, that's like the air or the, the airplane like uh Yeah. yeah. The little guy, yeah. That guy. Yeah, the guy telling you to snitch. Fuck that nigga. But, oh no, but I like, ain't no snitch. I ain't no snitch. <laughs> but if you see something, say something. But so yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, and then I could, actually can we finish up the story? So yeah, the lady she had um, leukemia, um, and it took for her to receive bo- bone marrow from one of her kids, um, or was it her Mm-mm. placenta? No. So she clearly I wasn't listening. <laughs> she was busy crying. I was busy the crying. It was so touching. Y'all. So she when I tell you I boohoo. Okay, nobody was a match in her family. Right. To receive receive a bone marrow transplant. Because she's biracial. 
right? No. What? <laughs> what? Nobody was. What? Hold Again, on. I was in the middle of crying. So please oh go my ahead. god. Where, okay. Oh, okay. Nobody received a match because when we need transplants and you need like an exact match for blood type and similar DNA, it's very difficult because we don't know our genealogy as we've been uh, as like, obviously, our race has encountered slavery. So it's very like muddy waters for where our background is. And it's very difficult to receive exact matches for us on top of the fact that not a lot of black folk uh, trust the government. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not too many people are organ donors. Mm -hmm. So... She couldn't find a match. Um, they told her, like, you got to find a match. It's not going to happen. Um, and what ended up happening is as she continued to wait, her husband, like, put in work and uh, got, like, hundreds and thousands of, of black folk all over the country. She's yeah. from New York. She's mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. Um, and got people from all over the country to sign up um, as donators and still no match for her. What ended up happening was two kids were born and the blood that they throw away from the umbilical cord, which has stem cells in it, mm-hmm. was um, able to be used for her transplant, uh, which then gave her, provided her with healthy bone marrow. And it, it's just like full circle, a blessing that like she initially was doing this work as a lawyer for you know for fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. and then made the transition to working and advocating for children and trying to save children's lives mm-hmm. and in turn a newborn baby a child was born to serve uh as help and as a resource for her and the betterment of her life and all that good stuff so it was just it was just a beautiful story yeah. but it also was like the the kind of lesson was um, which, you know, was crazy that we got that lesson and then find out about all this death that kept happening around us is to just trust the process. And it's very difficult for people of all backgrounds, all religious backgrounds to be able to trust that, Our you know, there power. is a, yeah. and even if you don't have a religious background, like just to be able to trust that all things are happening for some sort of reason, mm-hmm. that there is a different outcome is a very difficult it's easy to say but difficult to do yeah um especially to move forward with that with that you know mentality yeah yeah so i uh but i it it's ironic that that was the lesson and then this is the week we've had with what four deaths yeah around us yeah yeah um so i think that was very challenging yeah well three three deaths within two days for me and then again the anniversary of my grandfather uh today so it's just been really um the the sermon was just right on time yeah and uh, i think with that with trusting the process it also entails for me to um constantly go over in my mind because i feel like my mind can be a dangerous place when i start to overthink and overanalyze things that should not be in my head um it's good to say things aloud i love the mirror because i'm like pointing at myself like you're doing great sweetie guess what you did today yeah you woke up this morning you know who got you on your way god that's right and so it's it's just really important that we do these self-talks to kind of get out of our minds get out of our ways because the world is a really fucked up place to be in and uh it's it's important to stay grounded and not be of the world but, so um, you like you 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 got like sticky notes taped on the mirror, and you like giving yourself 
little pep talk Sticky in the morning. Sticky notes at work, but yeah, definitely. Shout out to my friend Jermaine. He's been sending me a lot of like positive affirmations recently, and it's just been like, you know, I put that on my desk and I go over it in my mind. I say it aloud just so that the universe is listening and that universe can catch it. Okay, yeah, I um and catch these hands. She doesn't work. I don't particularly <clears throat> look at myself in the mirror and self-talk. Um, but what I do all the time, every waking moment when I'm not in my head, is I talk about out loud how dope and how amazing and how great I am to everyone around me, mm. which comes off as very arrogant. Some people, I don't know who, crazy people out in the world would say that I'm very arrogant, cocky, self-serving person but that's absolutely absurd i don't get that do you get that anyways um but what i i do on a regular basis self-talk i talk myself up around other people um, to make you feel good just when i know i mean just because i love myself that's really the only reason I, i do it because i love myself and i do it even more when there's something that like I may have done wrong. I'd be like, damn, I really fucked up. I could have did that better. But everybody in this building knows I'm fucking amazing. And my name's Elijah and everyone loves me. And but that can also be an issue too because you struggle with that at your old job where people were like, oh, he's very sure of himself. So I'm going to dump all of the shit that I'm struggling with onto you. Well, and that's you're like, you get home. You're like, fuck, like all these people got all this stuff going on. It's like, well. Well, that's not what was happening. What was happening was... I wanted to help other people because, again, that's how I fill my cup. And so I'm the way that I fill my cup is by helping people. And if I serve other people, then I'm hoping that I uh, then fill, not that they reciprocate and try to fill my cup, but I feel more positive because I'm seeing other people around me happy. That's love. And so it has nothing to do with people's observation of me because mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about how other people care about me. What I do care about is how I see myself. And in order to continue to see myself the same way that you look in the mirror and talk yourself up, I talk myself up out loud and put that in the atmosphere and wherever I am. I don't really have a moment where, you know, I stop and, you know, then reflect or build myself up. I do it every moment throughout the day. But because I do it so loudly, so vibrantly, people probably perceive me as an arrogant person and that's Mm -hmm. fine because i'm great and i'm amazing and everyone who listens to this podcast also knows that i'm fucking amazing or half the people don't really know you and they probably all the people that listen to this podcast think that i'm amazing but that's a good thing that you're like you are shifting your focus on like all the good things about you so I feel like whatever you put your mind to, like, it's going to be possible. So keep thriving, black man. I mean, and I am very real. I'm very reflective. I know when I fucked up and I know when I did something wrong. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely acknowledge that. But I'm also going to continue to build myself up because you should. If you Absolutely. fucked up, then it's okay. Life goes on. I hope that y'all don't hear that, but they probably do. What would you say to the person that is like constantly in their head? They're always thinking, you know, just negative things about themselves. Like what affirmations would you suggest that they say to themselves? Yo, you know what I used to do? 
So, you know, like when you're a kid, for all you who have siblings, something my, my parents made me do is like, if my siblings and I got into an argument or like we were yelling at each other or said something ignorant, then they would make me like stop and say two things positive about them. About them. Okay. Yeah. So I do that for myself. For when I get two in my head um, and I keep thinking all these like crazy negative thoughts out loud, I will say something positive about myself. Hmm. Um, so like, oh man, I'm really fucking up at work or, oh man, I like missed all these deadlines. Damn, um, I'm irresponsible or I, I, I suck with time management. Yeah. Then I'll be like, oh shit, but... I have great relationships with all these students mm. and I'm able to leverage those relationships to push them to do like great things in their school and in their classroom. Um, and all these kids in here trust me to help push them along the way. So I should definitely be proud of that. Yeah. Um, for everything you say in your head, you say something positive out loud mm. uh, because when you put that in the atmosphere, it just makes you feel better. Or mm-hmm. sometimes the crazy, like horrible shit that I'm saying in my head I'll say it out loud and realize how dumb it sounds. Um, I like that too, but that doesn't work for everybody. Mm. But like, if something, if like, I know that I'm saying something like crazy in my head, I'd be like, hold up, let me see how this sounds. It's kind of like talking to a therapist and like when you're talking to the therapist, you're like, oh shit, this sounds pretty stupid. Yeah. And you don't want to keep saying it. But if you do and you recognize how dumb it sounds, then it puts you in a more positive place. Once again... Us here at Entangled Podcast are not experts on anything. Nope. So, uh, you know, you either take this advice or you don't. Either way, you're not hurting me because, like I said before, I'm fucking amazing. So, there you go. What about you, uh, Miss Rashawn? Um, so, I go to therapy. That's... So I don't really know everything, but I am actively taking exercises and God damn! That was, was that was a burp from. What the, did you eat? Was, I could smell the beans. Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry. I was I was actually about to shout you out because um, like going to therapy like <laughs> shout out to. I still shout, smell beans, but sh- go okay, ahead. shut the fuck up. <laughs> shout out to uh, beautiful black people going to therapy and being being vulnerable. There is strength and vulnerable beans. <laughs> That's when you There's, did that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> I quit. No. I'm done with this. Oh. Fuck this. Oh, no. That was supposed to be the mic, but I wouldn't do that because I paid for this mic. I was about so. to say. <laughs> um, We're not trying to be destructive. We're what I was saying. Forward moving therapy. I'm just saying it's dope. You know, black people, there's also a stigma, just like going to the hospital, there's also a stigma with black folk exactly. going to therapy. And it's beautiful that you go. Continue your story. <laughs> so, therapy, right? Well, well. Um, so I went through a series of tests, like the initial like therapy sessions or counseling sessions to see like what it is that I need and what are my goals out of it. So, um, recently I got my answers back. They were like, you're going to start a CBT, which means cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, as of recently, I haven't been getting that much sleep. Um, so I'm up all wee hours of the night and, um, it affects my time at work because of my just lack of sleep and overthinking and feeling like, I don't know if I'm not doing life right. 
especially with this podcast i'm like i think i'm doing it okay but it's all great yeah it's just just like i be in my head way too much and it's um affecting the way that i perform and the way that i go about my everyday life so um every it seems like every session I, i take home some homework i have to figure out different patterns um ways that you know I, I start overthinking ways to stop my overthinking my over processing um and just you know continuing to have a healthy mind it's not a, a linear thing i do feel like i'm making progress but i do find sometimes you know some days i'm just i'm not here and i'm not i don't feel like i am making progress but um I'm just happy that I have some sort of accountability where if I do feel like I'm falling short in my progress, I can always, you know, fall back on my therapist. I can always fall back with my boyfriend and just um, myself to replace negative statements. It's it's a, such a bad habit um, to be in my head and to think negatively because I feel like we're all human and we're going to we're going to fuck up and we're going to make mistakes. So we just got to change the way we think. Listen. I think most of our stressors come from us building our own expectations of our lives and where we should be. And the realization is, fuck your expectation. Shit's not going to go the way you thought it was. And if it don't, so be it. You reassess and you fucking keep it moving. I do find myself reassessing everything. I think sometimes that could be a good thing. Sometimes it can be detrimental. Absolutely. But at the end of the day... It's great that we're all taking steps and we want to hear from you all. What do you do to, I guess, bring yourself back into a positive space? No, none of us have a, none of us have an answer. Mm -hmm. These are things that we've tried. These are things that we're doing now. Like we're all students in this. And I just think don't get caught up trying, like, don't get caught up getting caught up. Ooh, bars. Mm -hmm. That's again, one of those like Instagram posts that it says something basic as fuck. But people are like, oh, yeah, that's deep as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught getting caught up. Like, don't get caught revolving in a cycle of, of assessing and reassessing and uh, reflecting on all these emotions. And then you just get stuck there. Yeah. Um, I think the best advice I can give is don't say something to yourself that you wouldn't say to anybody else. So all that, like, talk to your friends like you would the way you talk to yourself you would never talk to your friends like oh you're the piece of shit or or you don't know how to drive or you know just stop i, I would say all those things <laughs> but like <laughs> no, don't be so hard on yourself yeah because you know you're not going to be because you're always advocating for your friends and you're always advocating for your family stop being so damn hard on yourself and also you know just be gentle with yourself be very encouraging like you are your own worst enemies oftentimes, so it's it's best to be kind and encouraging to yourself because fuck it. Why not? Why fucking not? Why fucking not? Why the fuck not? So, I mean... Ooh, ooh see? Talking was, about beans. I'm so sorry. Talking about beans, nigga. Oh, I'm so sorry. Talking about beans. so rude. But I think all in all, it's just walking in your purpose. Yeah. You know, just walking in your purpose and doing whatever is necessary to protect yourself, listening to your body, listening to your mind, to put yourself in a positive space. 
often rock bottom will often teach you lessons that mountaintops will never, you know, show you. What? So when, when you hit when you hit like rock bottom where you feel like oh geez I gotta go to therapy, like I feel like this is just teaching me a lesson that I feel like if I was successful all the time or if I felt like I was doing, you know, quote unquote great throughout my life, like I feel like I wouldn't have these life lessons that I'm learning right now. So I mean, when I, I do get in my 30s and my 40s, I'd be like, man, I experienced that shit. I hit that. I've hit this position in life. I'm good. Yeah. I also don't think, you know, having to go to therapy is rock bottom. I think that's like the top that's of the, the mountain. That's the stigma. Yeah. I it think that's the top of the fucking mountain. You, you, uh, confident enough to go to therapy, like you've won. <laughs> like you're on the right track. Yeah. You're in the lead in this motherfucking race. Like you Because I'm just such shit. a big advocate for health in general and, and your mental is included with your health. Mm-hmm. And when you don't take care of that, how the fuck are you going to control your body? It's the nucleus. Your mental. I don't know science. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I understand this was a different energy yeah. for the podcast, but I think it was necessary and I think it was helpful. I think it was an important conversation. And I uh, wanted to end with uh, some quick words. Yeah. Um, when it bees like that, sometimes because you know sometimes it bees like that, my nigga. <laughs> Shit is real. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna be right or get it right every day, but I will try. The trying implies intention, and intention invites love, and even that can leave us fa- falling short, and others losing faith in us because of it. But living a full life of love and promise, this is the work. So burn sage, light a candle, write a poem, dance naked, sing loudly, hold hands in public, laugh harder, binge watch everything, read everything, love everything, eat the carbs, say no more, say yes to, say bye to all of the old you that your new you will no longer need. When it bees like that sometimes, just let it fucking be. Mm. And, and it bees like that sometimes and I can't control my all right. All right. That's the entangled podcast. What? You haven't listened to any music? I, I I didn't really have. I've been listening to Nipsey. Um, I didn't really have anything. No. What have you been listening to? I, I didn't really have anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what are you talking about? So I'm going to share 10 things, 10 worst things you should say to someone in grief. Number one, at least you lived a long life. Many people die young. Wow. <laughs> He's in a better place. Number two. Three. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. He's in a better place. Don't say that. I mean, I don't say that, but I feel like a lot of people say that all the all time. All the time. Yeah. Don't say that shit. Three. She brought this on herself. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. That was fucked up. Four. There's a reason for everything. Mm. Didn't we just say that? We, we did, but they, but they don't want to hear that shit. Never say that They don't want to hear that, that, to to hear that shit. Um, five. Aren't you over him yet? Ooh. He's been dead for a while now. See, and that's, that's where that's some fucked up. Shit. I have had somebody said that to my mom about her father, oh, and no, she you, almost about swung on that person. You gotta die. Yeah, she almost she almost about swung on that person. You gotta die. You don't say that. That's it's insensitive. Well, why would fuck. you even? Never mind. Because they're like, because she heard a song and it made she you know my dad or my granddad was a um. 
uh, a DJ for a radio station out in the DMV. And it seems like every other song that plays, my mom would just cry. Mm. And someone was like, dang, you ain't over him yet. And it's like, um, nigga, that's my father. What you mean? Moving on, six. You can have another child still. What the fuck? Seven. She's such a good person. God wanted her to be with him. That's Eight. a common thing among old black folks. Oh my gosh. Like, shut up, Auntie Burfa. Um, eight. I know how you feel. No, you don't. No, you don't. Unless you had like my your father pass away or I get it. Nine. She did what she came here to do and it was her time to go. And lastly, ten, I've had this said to me a couple times at work. Be strong. Be strong. I feel like it is cool, but from the receiving end, either say something lengthy or don't say nothing at all. Be strong. What the fuck you think I'm trying to do? I am trying to be strong. Just or not. I would I would prefer you not say anything. Or not. Just let me feel. This goes yeah. back to that conversation of letting people feel. So, I mean. Sometimes you don't got to say anything. Yeah. Sometimes nonverbal communication is like the best communication in the world. Boom. Touch on the shoulder, right. you know, grab the hand, keep it moving. Sometimes like that's what people need. They just need to know that you are literally physically there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, when it be's like that, let it be. Yeah. And this is the Entangled Podcast. This is Rashawn. Y'all be blessed.